Longhorn fans, Sooner Nation, welcome to episode 43 of the Boomer Bebo podcast, the only podcast exclusively dedicated to covering the greatest rivalry in college football, the University of Texas and the University of Oklahoma. I'm here with my man Kevin Miller in the burnt orange, proudly touting his basketball victory against the Oklahoma Sooners yesterday in the Lloyd Noble. I'm John Whitson. Uh, I watched it from home on the crappy ESPN Plus broadcast, but it did not take away from the fantastic level of play by both basketball teams. Dude, listen, I know this is a football uh, podcast, Kevin, and we will get to it. There is a ton to talk about, but that basketball game was fantastic yesterday. Yeah, it was a lot of fun to be at. It was my second time being at the Lloyd Noble Center. So it's obviously in enemy territory surrounded by Sooners, but it was a great time. It was a great game, and I'm glad it turned out the way it did. I have a new hated player to add to the list. Uh, if you're a longtime listener of the Boomer Bevo podcast, you know that I hate Texas players of any sport that have stupid names. Um, the list goes on and on. Roche, uh, not uh, no, Romance Taylor might be at the top of the list. I never liked Romance Taylor. Um, there. <laughs> There's others, but Sir Jabari Rice, and that's his actual name. And I don't like that his sister. And I don't like his sister either, Princess. Sir Jabari and Princess have escalated to the top of the hate list. I can't stand them. Not only that, but the dude made like 29 free throws in a row to end that game. And I don't think he hit the rim on one of them. That dude, it was he was a stone cold killer at the free throw line. Texas made free throws. Oklahoma missed. Y'all won by a point. I don't know that there's any more to break down. It came down to free throws, and y'all were a better shooting team. What did yes. I miss? Seven of seven. No, nothing. Seven of seven from the line down the stretch. It was a fun game. If it tells you anything, the Big 12 is going to be crazy this year. You know what makes me nervous about that game, though, is as, as I watched it, I thought to myself, this might be as good as Oklahoma can play. And if that's as good, I don't know. I don't think that's as good as Texas can play, right? Carr didn't have a great game. Yeah, I think they could play a little bit better. It was actually their first road game of the season, believe it or not. That's crazy. Yeah, they um, had a neutral game up in um, New York in Madison Square Garden against Illinois, which they lost. It was their only loss of the season. I didn't think they would win because it was their first road game, and it was pretty hostile in there. Um, you probably haven't had any road games because you have to pay for that new Moody Center down there. Not oh, a need, you need all the gate all the gate sales you can get. Oklahoma look they've had there, man. I think they might have already made all that money back. Oklahoma looked really good. Jalen Hill was a stud defensively. Uh, Sherfield in the first quarter or in the first half was really, really good. Texas made the adjustments though uh, against Sherfield particularly, but we stayed in there with Tanner Groves. Uh, is it T- who's the younger Tanner? Jacob Groves is who's the younger one? I think it's Jacob. I think Jacob's the younger one. Yeah. Yeah. He went. I think he had four threes in the second half. So anyway, great, great atmosphere. Yeah. Fine, uh, um, I wish I we're gonna go together next time. We might need to go down to Austin. We might need to make a road trip to the Moody Center. Watch the watch the second one. Um, but what we're really here to talk about is the end of the football season for both Texas and Oklahoma. Oklahoma goes down to the Florida State Seminoles 35 to 32 in the Cheez It Bowl um on Thursday night. I gotta tell you, Kevin. I haven't listened. Listen, I have not listened to any radio. I haven't read hardly anything. This is now Sunday, but I tried to avoid all this. I want to keep my thoughts my own. I hope that I'm not going to come on here and sound too sunshiny about a win. I mean, about a loss. I I shouldn't be too sunshiny about a loss, but I thought Oklahoma played pretty good. I thought that this was one of their better played games of the entire season. And Florida State is a really, really good opponent. They ended the season 10 and 4. We're playing them in Florida, the yeah, state 10 of Florida. And three, actually. Well, oh, that's right. I'm sorry. 10 and 3. Yes. They were 9 and 3 going to the game. 10 and 3. I think that they're a really good. I think that Florida State's a good team. I'm not they're, they're a good not football a great, team. They're not a great team, but they're a good football team. Yeah. They, they're gonna have talent. Um I did not pick the game to be this close. I didn't pick Oklahoma to have, you know, to even really be in anywhere in a competitive position. As far as playmaking, I think it came down to the fumble. The the fumble really hurt. Yeah, tough Uh, play there. Yeah. Sawchuck had a really good game. We're going to talk about the running backs. 
but we had the fumble and we had a missed field goal. And you look at the score and you look at what happened and you can really kind of pin the loss on those two games. But listen to this stat. Okay. We are talking Oklahoma with three starters, a second stringer and event and a third stringer by like the second play of the game. That was their offensive line. Okay. They rushed for 253 yards against Florida state without Eric Gray. I mean, that's, that is a very promising statistic. Yeah, you can see yeah, I mean, it, if you're listening real quick. If you're listening, if you're listening to the Boomer Bevo podcast for the first time or a longtime listener, know that we're going to start incorporating some more stats on the YouTube page. If you do want to turn it on to YouTube, um, we got the stats pulled up so you can see it. But 253 yards rushing, you're going to take that every day of the week against a big time opponent. Correct. Correct. Listen, no Anton Harrison, like you said. No Wanye Morris. And then Jacob Sexton gets hurt, what, the first drive of the game? And when, when that happened, I thought Jared Burris, who we talked about in the preview episode, the yep. outstanding defensive end for Florida State, was going to go nuts. And I thought you guys did a really good job. I think later in the second half, he got loose a couple times, right? But I thought overall, to have your third-string tackle matched up against a guy who's projected to be a first-round pick, I thought you guys held up pretty well as long as you could. Well, I thought the running game held up incredibly well. I was not impressed with our pass blocking. Um, I thought G- Gabriel was – he was under a duress a lot of the time. Um, he threw for 243 yards, uh, no interceptions. Mims got – Mims was your leading receiver from a yardage standpoint. He only had two catches, but those two catches were just fantastic. Uh, but I did not love the way we held up on the on the pass blocking. But the run blocking, Javante Barnes, 27 carries for 108 yards. But Gavin Sawchuk, uh, 15 carries for 100 yards and a touchdown. And I got to tell you, he had a lot of what you saw from Eric Gray, a lot of the wiggle. Um, yeah, I thought he had a little bit more top-end speed, though, to take well, it to spo- the house a little bit more than Eric Gray. He's so, supposed to be yeah, the fastest. He's very impressive. He's supposed to be the fastest guy on the team. That's, he, he looked like it. Yeah. He looked like it. And, you know, I think when he came in, I think he was listed maybe 170, 175. He looks like he's put on at least a good 10, 15 pounds. Oh, yeah. He's been on campus. So, hey, future's very bright with that kid back there. He looks like the perfect back for, for the scheme. Now, I don't know how he catches the ball out of the backfield, but we'll see because Eric Gray, that was really what separated him his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. If he can add that to his game, watch out. Defensively, the linebackers played well. I liked – they all led the team in tackles. They were uh, they were there. They were aggressive. Um, in the first half, we played pretty good defensively. But in the second half, the, uh, the, the secondary became almost non-existent. The, yeah, we did you notice that? that? Oh, yeah, I, I did. I did. Johnny Wilson, man. I mean, that guy, 6'7", 235-pound receiver for Florida State. He pretty much had his way throughout the game when he finished with over 200 yards receiving. But, Kevin, even more so, though, and Wilson was a great player. And yes, he and he, and he played well and, and everything. But it wasn't even like he was having to make competitive catches. They weren't coverage busts. They were. It was just non-existent coverage. Like the yeah. cushions that were, I don't know if it was a cushion issue or a coverage issue or Florida State was running some sort of exotic routes that we've never seen before, but there was nobody in the picture frame when Florida State was throwing the ball. And that's what got really frustrating, especially in the second half. Yeah, and I know we talked about this in the preview episode, right, that you were hoping that some of these coverage breakdowns and things would be fixed going into the bowl game with the extra practices and stuff. But, man, it just kind of came back again. Like you said about the linebackers, I thought they were good, and they've been good all season. I mean, Danny Stutzman, I think he's the best player on the defense. Um, Aguebu was good. Again, he's been good all season long too. But, man, if the pass rush isn't there, then the secondary really, really struggles in, in, in coverage. Yeah. I, you know, again, we, we, we defended pretty well on the run. Um, I, of course, I just put that my stat away. forgot what the run was. They, they only had 169 yards rushing. I mean, we didn't. Like, yeah, they, they did not run well. You stopped the run yeah. very well. We didn't uh-huh. shut it down, but we, we you know, we, we played pretty good. But just the secondary, and that's what's so frustrating because that's what Brent Venable's is supposed, you know, he's supposed to. That's supposed to be kind of his calling card. Is is the ability to create that? Again, in the first half, I thought we were well positioned. 
So maybe it's the maybe it's the old adjustment issue, right? Not making the adjustments in the second half, and the other team making the adjustments. Correct. Uh, but so if you if you break it down between rushing offense, rushing defense, passing offense, passing defense, I thought Oklahoma was pretty good on three out of four of those statistics. But passing defense just ate our lunch, and it allowed Florida State to a get back in the game. Yeah, you're looking at it there. Eight catches, 202 yards. That's 25 yards. And I got to tell you, I don't know what the stat is, yards after catch, but it's got to – he had to get half of those yards after catch and maybe more because there was nobody there. He was running free. There were free runs after he was catching the ball. Same thing with Wilson with 74 yards. Um, so many just, just long runs. But, you know, look, I've got some takeaways on the game. We're a 6-7 and seven team. But we played a really good Florida State team at 10-4 and four without our leading rusher and with key line players on both sides of the ball. No Jalen Redmond, no Anton Harris, uh, or Harrison, no Wanye um, uh, Morris. Wanye Morris. And, and I think another defensive lineman, although it's, it's escaping me now. Um, if you look forward to, to 2023, we're returning our quarterback. We're going to have the number five recruiting class. And, and I don't know that we talked about this in the last episode just because we spent so much time talking about Peyton Bowen and the switch, but we're getting the – correct me if I'm wrong. I might be speaking a little bit hyperbolic, but OU is getting the number one defensive player from Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, and Indiana. We're adding three of the number – of the best defensive players off of a Division One team. I don't know, man. That sets up for significant improvement in 2023. Yeah, the talent should be there. The, the talent definitely should be there, right? So, can you believe that Trace Ford can't, is coming to Oklahoma? No, I, I can't. No, I don't know if is, I've ever seen that. I mean, the only between those schools, the only thing that would be weirder is a transfer between Oklahoma and Texas. Yeah, That's, exactly. Yeah, but it's crazy. I don't, you know, you see that in the SEC. I've, you've seen guys transfer from Florida to Georgia and and vice versa. So, hey, man. Yeah, and, you know, doing what's best for themselves. I guess. Look, you know, we can be Oklahoma and Texas can be arrogant. I, I think that there's really no reason to transfer between Oklahoma and Texas because yeah. we're a higher level of caliber. But uh, you know, if you're in Oklahoma State, you probably want to move up and play a little bit better football. That's my only guess. And same deal with the kid from Texas Tech, right? Richard yeah, Pearson. Uh, it doesn't matter that Texas Tech had a better record than Oklahoma did this season. At the end of the day, it's Texas Tech and it's Oklahoma. There's, yeah. there's levels to this, you know. So, I, you know, that's how I kind of feel about the bowl game. Th- those and are my also, thoughts. Real, real quick, um, I thought the play calling was good. We, we, you know, you've been really upset about that throughout the season. They really stuck to the run. Oh, my gosh. 60, <laughs> 60 <laughs> rush attempts. Yeah. 60 carries. No, no. And look what happens when they stick to the run, Correct. right? It just frees everything up. And it wears it wore down Florida State a little bit, especially in the first half. I thought they were a little worn down. Um, yeah, like you said, the difference of the game really was the unfortunate fumble by um, the freshman Gavin Sacha, right? I mean, if, if he scores there, who knows? You know, you like yeah. him to win the game. Yeah, he's extended. Uh, so, you know, what was cool about the OU and the Florida State game is up until that point, I thought it was the best bowl game we'd seen. Correct. I don't yeah, think it was I'm a lot of fun. I don't no, think it I'm was incredibly entertaining. You know, yeah. for OU fan, I, I get you're upset when you lose a game like that, but for neutral, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun to watch. Great players on the field, great play, players playing hard. It's what bowl I, game should be, right? I'm um I think that I speak for a lot of OU fans where my expectations were tempered because we were six and six. We were losing some key players. Florida State wasn't losing players. Um I think there was the I mean, it's a weird place to be for an OU fan, but I think it's real. We kind of knew we were going to lose, but to be able to show up and compete. And when you see a rushing number like that, that makes you feel really good. Like, okay, we can still push guys around when we want to like that. That felt really, really, really good to see. It's a loss. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to sit here and sugarcoat a loss, blah, blah, blah. But I don't know, man, in terms of the direction this team can go to me, that, these 15 practices, you know, everybody talks about 15 bowl game practices. This team looks better than they did at the end of the season. Correct. So, yeah. to me, that's possible. That's all you really want to see, right? 
Well, and then later on the recruiting and the transfers, and it's like, well, crap. Venables right. is gonna he's gonna run out of excuses really quick because his guys, you know, they always talk about get your guys in. Well, yeah. at this point, with 24 recruits, I think, right? 25 recruits and the number of transfers, plus all the people that transferred out last year and transferred in, he's almost at 50% his guys. Yeah. And maybe higher. So and listen, the transfer portal is not over. No, once, this, once the playoff ends, there are going to be a lot of guys still jumping into the portal. They're going to be guys jumping in after spring practice. So there's a long way to go. And when it comes to finalizing the rosters for next season. OK, um, I know we had talked about in the uh, before we did the show that we talk about the Texas game. But I think it makes more sense now that we're in it to go ahead and talk about o- our, our season recap for OU is that, can you make okay. that change yeah, on the fly? Yeah. Don't you think so? Now that we're sitting here talking. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Um, Kevin is about to lambast me for my preseason picks for the Oklahoma Sooners. I did pick them to go undefeated. I acknowledge that I was only off by seven games. Yes. Yeah, so let's, let's talk about what went into that prediction, you know, for them to go under. Now, listen, I was wrong, too. I picked him to go 10 and 2. I'm about to pull the graphic up for those who are watching on on YouTube. Yeah. Is this what they refer to as receipts? Is this a receipt? These are the receipts. Correct. Yeah. <sighs> Correct. Sometimes in the uh, 35 previous, I'm, well, I'm 44 now, so however long I've been a conscious OU fan, I kind of like the world that I lived in where I could say whatever I want and not have receipts. So this is this is new for me, having to actually live with something I've said. Um, I think I was seduced and that's a lot of wins I picked. I think I was seduced by 20 years of success coupled with Brent Venable's enthusiasm and the enthusiasm of entire fan base coupled with what was a perceived to be down big 12 and thinking that we had to be better than we were going to be under Riley. And I was clearly wrong in almost every aspect. The big 12 was better. Um, We were not better under, we were not better than we were under Riley and defensively there, you could make the argument in some cases we were worse in, in in games. Um, But even looking at it now, Kevin, I think you could have made an argument. K-State could have been a win. Yeah. Uh, sure. Baylor, Baylor and West Virginia and Tech should have been, should have, could have been wins, but at least Baylor, West Virginia and Tech. Um, Completely agree. And so while I was way off, the season should have been better. I mean, I know that doesn't mean anything, but I think it's okay to say it. It should have been better. We should not have lost to Baylor, West Virginia or Texas Tech. Completely and that, agree. and that takes a yeah. six and six season to a nine and three season. And that is a completely different animal. Absolutely. And listen, I mean, I had you guys going 10 and two. Only losses I had you were to Texas and to Baylor. So. Well, you were correct. Every, everybody was wrong. I, and I don't know which is worse. Honestly, when you, when you take a step back and look at the season, I don't know whether it was worse to go six and six or to lose to Texas 49 to nothing. Yeah, you know, that's the one thing, man, about the season. Some of the losses were close losses. That one I still can't make sense of. Even without Dylan Gabriel, you got to be able to scheme up something, right, to at least be decent. I I still can't make sense. As happy as that game made me as a Texas fan, but, man, I still can't make sense of the game plan going into that. That's probably the one red flag game of the year, right, for an OU fan is like, what in the hell happened? Um, Yeah. You know, because now to that point, Texas had shown promise. Um, yes, but this is not the 05 Texas team. No, no, there was. So even if we're not great offensively, it shouldn't have been that bad defense. It was just, that was bad. It was really, really yeah. bad. Um, you know, maybe we weren't ever going to beat Texas, but God, a better effort. would not looked- like that, though. Yeah. I mean, if it would have been, you know, 49 to 30. Or. That's or, the kind of score I thought it would be. Or 38-13. I, I don't even know. Yeah. Some, like any kind of like, like that. Yeah. reasonable number. But, man, it was just – it was really bad. So, looking at the season, you, you've got three losses that should have been wins. You've got just a, a destructive loss against Texas. And I got to tell you, I still – you know, people might – I don't know what the recruiting specialists would say. 
But I think that 49-0 loss hurt us in some of those key losses. I think the Caleb hit uh, the DJ Hicks loss. Um, okay. I think the uh, Cecilia Kana, you could look at that. And I even think the uh, – now, I don't think we were ever going to get the kid, but who is the kid y'all signed? The legacy that was oh, committed? Colton Vosick. Colton Vosick. I think those three – I think I think Sarkeesian had a really easy pitch when it came up against us and them. He's like, 49-0, guys. Listen, man, and we're not even – and we're not even good this year. Take it back to, 2000, uh, to 2003, right? OU beats Texas 65 to 13. Guess who was in the stands that day? Absolutely. Adrian Peterson. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, you watch that in person, you're like, wow. And so I, I, I think that a, a not enough credit or credence has been given to that game result when it comes to recruiting. I think we want to find other reasons. But man, when you can walk into a recruit, you know, a, a recruiting battle and, and and scoreboard 49 to nothing, it's hard, it's hard to overcome that. And it's hard to say to uh, to Celia Kana, uh, "Hey, uh, you'd be the difference." And for, no, you wouldn't be the difference. We'd have got beat forty nine to three if you play. You know what I mean? Like, there's no difference. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I, I don't know. It, it's gonna. This is gonna make me, I think, pick Oklahoma much more carefully next year when we do this exercise. I think I'm gonna have to be a little more cognizant of the real world and the real um, factors that are going into a season. Uh, I'll probably as a Homer always err on the side of giving Oklahoma the benefit of the doubt, but this was a shock. This was a shock to my system. And I think it was a shock to a lot of OU fan systems. You know, it kind of reminds me as a Texas fan of Texas uh, 2010 season, they come off the national championship game appearance. They lose Alabama. So they go 14 and one Gary Gilbert, who's a five-star quarterback, got pushed into action after Colt McCoy was injured. Right. Did okay, admirably, given the circumstances, right? He had hardly played all year going up against that Nick Saban defense with a bunch of NFL players on it. Did okay. So we're thinking, oh, well, you know, we're about to bounce back big time next year. We had Gary Gilbert, and we go five and seven. So we go from 14 and one to five and seven. So, I mean, I don't think as a fan base we've ever been as humbled as we had then. So it kind of seems similar for OU. Yeah, yeah some different circumstances with the new coach and everything. But the new coach energized the fan base. So it was definitely a, a shocking uh, shocking season for Oklahoma. I think, I think and I hope, and you talked about it when we talked about the cheese at bowl I do think Levy got – I scrutinized Levy plenty during the season. I, I think he called a much better game against Florida State. I think he called a good. I think he called a good game against Texas Tech. I don't think he's the reason we lost to Tech. Um, the first quarter against Oklahoma State was the best game. He was the best quarter of play calling he'd oh, had yeah. all year. But <laughs> he incredible. has he had some droughts that were just they're just terrible, like some terrible play calling. Um, so you you have to think he's going to get better. It looks like Dylan Gabriel's staying. I haven't seen anything to the contrary of that. So I think we're going to have another year with Gabriel. I think he is a very capable quarterback of putting us in position to win the Big 12 next year. I don't see any reason why he can't do that. Um, and what's even better is pushing him is going to be Jackson Arnold. And we know what that looks like. So I don't know. I, <sighs> the biggest question, though, is how, how are you going to get that defense fixed? Now, I know the talent is should be better. But I don't know how much of a, you know, talent issue. Well, Justin Bro- it, right? uh, Pey- Peyton Bowen is an upgrade to Justin Broyles, day one. Right. That's a day one upgrade. Um, now, do you project him being out there starting yes. week one? Yes. Yeah, okay. Come on, who else is in the secondary? If, they, if we had somebody else, they would play. The issue is going to be a corner. The issue has got to be – and everybody thought Woody Washington was going to just be the, you know, this this fantastic player. Look at the game. Look at the look at the Florida State. When we go up against really good receivers, I mean, you, he got exposed. Um, and then on the other corner, I think they went through three corners. Like we, Jaden Davis, um, DJ Graham ended up making a move to the receiver, and then I don't even know who the other the other ones. Even CJ Golden, right? The, the CJ Golden. CJ Golden. He kind of stabilized things, right? He was that yeah. last. He stabilized things, created some turnovers. So you hope another year in the system with him. He should have been playing the whole year. So I think there's an opportunity there. Um, and I don't know. I'm trying to think. 
the kid who's coming in from Tech, is he a safety? He's a safety. I wonder if he's going to play he's that wild. Man. I wonder if he's going to play that cheetah position. You know, that I wonder Deshaun if White played this that year, Deshaun right? White played this year. And maybe, um, you know, maybe. Well, you, you know, I'm hearing that they, that, uh, they saw McCullough might be playing that role. Well, there's, I mean, you, my point and is you've man. got, my point is you have options defensively. Does that yeah. make sense? And, yeah. And I'm a fan of the McCullough kid, by the way. I mean, I think he can be a huge impact player next year. Now you're talking about the, Deshaun you're not talking about the transfer. the transfer. No, I am talking about the transfer. I thought he was a defensive lineman. No, he's a, he's an edge player, but I, I I'm hearing oh, he, he might be playing. Yeah. But he can he's play on really the athletic. he can play on the deep but he can play on the defensive line, right? Am I I'm not missing Yeah, that. he's a stand like a stand up edge player, kind of like a um like a Benito. Correct. Yeah, perfect. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, my point is I think we got we've already just mentioned like four or five players that are talent upgrades of what we have. Yeah. So another year in the system for a Stutzman, another year in the system for a Guebu, another year in the system for Billy Bowman, and then you layer in what are upgrades in talent. So I hope, my God, you would have. We have to get better. Um, Brent Venables is a good coach. He is a good coach. He's exhibited it. He's and he's clearly a hell of a recruiter. I mean, he just that's that's to be able to do what he's done in two years uh, with kind of the this the S show that Lincoln Riley left. I don't know, man. I'm I, I'm I'm optimistic. I'm it, you know what? It's I'm in that period though where the season's over, you know, and you're just like kind of sad about it. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? Like, of course, this, man. You're like, uh, I mean, ba- it's bas- so fast. Season's so quick, man. It's the shortest part of the year, man. Basketball's here, and that's fine. And yes, yesterday was a great game, and it was super fun. It's yeah. not. It's not college football. It's just you know, not. Nothing, nothing can replace that. NFL's on right now, and I'm like, yeah, no, it's fun, but it's just not the same, man. Dude, it, you know, yeah. I mean, I can't get. I like Tom Brady, but he's playing the freaking Panthers right now. It's just like whatever. I mean, listen, Brady, give me to the playoffs. I don't know. Well, real I don't quick, to, I don't even want to see Tampa in the playoffs. I I, I don't like that. I don't want to see anybody from the NFC South. But listen, did, were you watching any of that before you got on this podcast? Just so y'all know, this was this is going on right during the same time as the Tampa Bay Car uh, Tampa Bay uh, Carolina game. Did you watch any of that? No, not a second. He, I am a first of all. If anybody knows me, I'm a Tom Brady fan. Okay, and I picked, I picked the Patriots to beat the Rams in their very first Super Bowl, in Brady's first Super Bowl. That was an upset pick. If you remember, that was the greatest show on turf. And I picked the Patriots to shock the world and win, and they did. And why? So every, why did I pick them? I don't even know. Yeah. I think I was just being honorary or something. You know, I was just okay. being funny. Makes sense. Yeah. Because I mean, Kurt Warner was a stud. There was there's no reason. Yeah, but Marshall Falk. I mean, oh, and Prime. Isaac Holt. The whole the whole team. Um. So yeah, I mean, is is it convenient that I picked them and then I became a bandwagon? Whatever. I don't care. I like Tom Brady. And when you compare him to like Peyton Manning, wait, I always like Aaron Rodgers. Don't even give it to him. I like Tom Brady. Okay. He is mentally unhinged right now. Yeah. He can't – there cannot be a negative play occur where he doesn't rip somebody. And it's uncomfortable. Yeah, it's, like, like, it's like being at your friend's house and your parents are fighting – and their parents are fighting. You oh, know, yeah. and you're just like, <laughs> I don't want to be here while your parents are here. Yes, can I call my parents <laughs> and get picked up? Like he's yelling at his teammates. He's yelling at the offensive line. He's yelling at the tight end for turning the wrong direction. He's yelling at the other team. Like, like the defensive lineman came and did one of those pushes at the end of the play, you know. And mm-hmm. I guess he's always, you know, Brady's always trying to get pat, you know, like roughing the pat. It wasn't roughing the passer. I mean, he's just ripping this kid. And the defensive lineman just shaking his head like Tom, just stop. Like, just and the back, officials, man. the other coaches, and this is against the Panthers. Like, this is even. I don't know. It was very – I'm a Tom Brady fan, but he needs he, – he's got to call it after this year. He has to call yeah, it after this he's year. It's retire, so man. bad. It's, it's enough. Enough is enough, man. Thank you for the memories. You're the greatest quarterback ever. You've won more Super Bowls than, ever, than anybody ever. I don't think that will be matched. So, uh, yeah, man. Look, You've done two enough. Mi- Thank you. Two, two minutes left in the game, and growing up, I never thought anybody would replace Joe Montana. But two minutes left in the game, you want it in Tom Brady's hands. You want it, yeah. 
Sure. I mean, and I and we've seen Aaron Rodgers do amazing things with two minutes. Brady's done it in Super Bowls. Brady's right. done it in Multiple. conference champions, a conference championship games. He's done mm-hmm. it in every situation imaginable. And so it's, but do, he is mentally unhinged. TB12, get some help. I'm sure there's a hotline for you. Go through the, I don't know if it's, you know, concussion protocol that's, you know, whatever, but something's gone wrong. Let me tell you, Kevin, if you're out there and you've had enough and you're at your absolute wit's end with your insurance claim, like Tom Brady is with all of his receivers, you need to call Brown O'Haver at 405-735-5510. Brown O'Haver will take you from the brink of mental instability and bring you back into a world where you feel safe and comfortable dealing with your insurance company because you won't have to do it. Brad O'Haver will deal with your insurance company for you. So if you own your own home and you've had a fire loss or a tornado loss, busted pipes, whatever the case may be, call Brown O'Haver, 405-735-5510. We are the Tom Brady of public insurance adjusters before he's gone mentally crazy. Basically like Tom Brady in like 2011 to 2018. That's where we're at right now. So give us a call, 405-735-5510. The Texas Longhorns fall to the Washington Huskies in the Alamo Bowl. Kevin Miller, give us Texas fan thoughts on this game. It's kind of a frustrating game, man. It wasn't – it was just weird. The play calling, again, with Sark in the first half was strange. Some of the personnel decisions were odd, to say the least. Yeah, man, it was just a weird game. Washington was a really good football team, and we knew that going in, right? It was a 10-2 team. Crazy explosive offense. I actually thought the Texas defense played well. Michael Penix was averaging, what, 360 yards passing a game? Held him to 287 yards with two touchdowns and an INT. But, man... They could never get the running game going. They just just looked out of sync, man. Quinn never. actually played well. Go ahead. Well, I don't want to interrupt you. No, but, I'm just saying. Like, but Quinn eight, looked 18, really good in the second eight, half. But 18 rushing attempts? 18 rushing attempts, correct. Correct. What, what are you doing? Kevin, what I are you doing? man. What are you Listen doing? Sark is the head coach at Texas because of his play-calling ability, right? His ability to – Design plays and to call plays at the right time. I don't know what he was on in this game, but first of all, Jonathan Brooks should have been the starting running back. Everybody was expecting Jonathan Brooks to be the starting running back today. He got six carries for 18 yards. Keelan Robinson, who's more of a third down back, he started the game eight carries for 27 yards. So, and they just gave up on it. Quickly, they put too much on Quinn, especially in the first half. They just never could get into a rhythm. He's missing throws in the first half. We saw that as a fourth down, as an RPO. It was a great call. He made the right read and just threw it. Ball hit the back of Xavier Worthy's legs. I mean, just nowhere close. But but Worthy had a couple uncharacteristic drops, though, right? Listen, I they mean, got into the third quarter, and yeah, it was a great call by Sark there. Down the seam, he's wide open. He drops wide open. Yeah. Wide he made, open. He drops back to back. The first one was he would have had to make an adjustment, but uh, it's definitely a catch that a player of his caliber should be making. He drops that. The very next play, we go up the seam. He's wide open. Hit him right in the hands. And he drops that one. I mean, he made a huge uh, impact in the outcome of the game. So look at the stat yeah. line. Look at the stat line for Quinn though. Pull up your stats. But I got you, man. 369 yards. Quinn yours had a good game. Listen, this was the best game he had and the best performance. He looked confident, especially in that second half. It was the best performance he had had since the OU game. Since the OU game. Yeah, Here, but, the, this up right now. but the, the, the thing is, and we talked about this in the in the pregame, right? In our in our preview. Yeah, 31 of 47. I mean, statistically is a pretty good game. But only one touchdown. The problem is yours has yet to demonstrate that he can go win the game for you. Correct. And and that's that's not the worst thing ever for a redshirt freshman that he no. can't go win the game. 
but you've got to give him more help than it. It really wasn't even 18 carries because he, he had four of those carries. So yeah. it was really, it was really 14, 14 carries. You've got to give him, you've got to give him more than 14 plays off. Like that's just, it's, it's unconscionable to do to a, to, a, to any quarterback, let alone a redshirt freshman. It doesn't, it doesn't even make sense. Yeah, exactly. And trust me, Texas fans were up in arms about it. Jonathan Brooks is a good running back, right? He had the touchdown pass earlier. They called it like a throwback screen to him, and he took it to the house. I ran the Washington defense, who appeared to have angles on him. But we can't give him the ball more than six times. Again, how it makes ta- no sense. How many times did they target him? Um, or how many catches did he get? He got. He only had two? He got two. Two for 37 with the, the 34-yard touchdown, which was their best play of the game. I, I mean, like, to, to come – to compare it to the Oklahoma game, we lost, but we're coming out of the game going, man, dude, when we want to run the ball, we can run the ball. This looks really good. This is y'all are coming out of the game, and you're like, man, does Sark not does he not? You would think he's running the air raid. Like it doesn't right. make any sense. No, it doesn't make any sense. And listen, I know you're down B. John Robinson, right? Who was in my college football and Roshan Johnson. But again, if you can still run the ball. You have talented backs. The whole offensive line was there. You weren't missing anybody yes. there. So that, that's my biggest problem. And again, you give up on it so quick. This was eerily similar to the TCU game. Well, and and correct me if I'm. There's other ways to utilize the running game, right? So okay, maybe you right. don't. Maybe you don't trust Robinson or Brooks. Although you didn't give them anything to trust them with. But maybe you don't trust them. Okay, maybe they had a really bad two weeks of prep. You can't run Xavier Worthy on an end around. You can't use uh, yeah. Sa- Sanders on some kind of you know run play, like a little quick screen or something. Yeah, I mean, just there was not a lot of creativity, and that was what was so weird. And and it kind of it kind of set the tone for like every time Texas had the ball, it was pretty boring. It was yeah, like cringy like almost, right? Like, it was like it was hard a, to watch. It was like it was a scrimmage, and he didn't want to show anything. It was very odd. Just a very instead of like it's it's a bowl game. Let's let it all hang out because we don't have anything else to play for. It was like we're running twelve plays, and that's all you get to see. And none of those <laughs> and none of those are run plays. It was very it was. odd. It was. It was really frustrating. And I thought again, the defense played well. Watch again. This Washington team averages like almost six hundred yards of offense a game, and it just you just felt like as a Texas fan who's watched this team every week. You were just waiting on the dam to break for the defense. They were just on the field too much. Washington put together a 10-yard drive. Even if we hold them to a field goal, we'll get the ball back. We go three and out. Defense is back on the field. And it just kept happening. You know, in mo- in, in, in modern-day football, I'm looking at your stat line, and I'm looking at if you can hold a team to 27 points, you, you've got to figure out a way to beat them. Like, yeah, especially I mean, a team that averages 45 points a game. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the the playoff teams here uh, in our next episode, uh, which those games were incredible. But those three of those teams, some would say, are the best three defensive teams in the country, and they all gave up over forty points. Like you're gonna give up points, and so for a Texas defense to only give up twenty seven to what your to your to your credit, Michael Penix was leading the country in passing yards. Yes, he, he averages three hundred three hundred sixty yards passing a game. You, you kept him. You kept him under three hundred, and you kept him under one hundred and sixty yards rushing. That that. What else can your defense do? Exactly. Yeah. Again, I don't know. We listen. Way to end the season. Okay. I don't put too much stock into it, but again, it's it's just frustrating. Okay, I know it's a bowl game. I agree with you, and and you know, for an OU fan, I'm looking for positives, and a Texas fan, you're trying to forget the negatives. Like I, I, I mean, that's really what's coming out of these two games. But you made the point, and we kind of got in a little bit of a tiff about it. That you think Sark is being a good, he's being a, he's you. You get the feeling that he's maybe becoming finally the head coach you want him to be versus the just the play caller. How do you feel about that take a week later? No, what I said was he's been a a, a better head coach than a play caller. His play calling has been mind boggling. It, it's. It's like, dude, you have the best running back in college football, and you have another running back who is also going to be drafted. That you just don't see that very often. And in certain instances, the Oklahoma State game, particularly the TCU game, particularly, he relies on or trusts more in the redshirt freshman quarterback that doesn't have any experience over 
the backs, and the running game. And it doesn't make sense. And when I mean about the head coach, I feel like the team is overall better. The locker room seems more unified. That's what I'm talking about as being a better. Well, head coach. nobody's getting nobody's getting nobody's getting yelled at on a bus, right? I mean, so that's yeah, a he's win. a better head coach. Yeah, could, true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no one's recording. Anything <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So again, so I felt like the team was better overall. That's why I'm saying he was a better head coach than a play caller this year. Yeah. Well. So, well. All right. And let's handle both. Let's let's take, handle both. Let's take a look at our Texas predictions for the year. I, I picked okay. you. I was in, incredibly pessimistic, and I think you were right on I think it. You right, being a hater. I think you were being a hater. Absolutely. Um, you know why? Because I hate anything. Texas. Because I hate yeah, Texas. Yeah, that's fine. And I and I hate Oklahoma. But you know, I want to be realistic about my uh, picks. No. You're a better. You're, you're a better man than me. You're a better man than me. No, no, I wouldn't go that far. Well, what was that? Oh. <sighs> Sorry. You good? Um. Yeah. While you're pulling that up, uh, it was just. It was. It was the later game. And I was even in Arizona watching it. So, like, it came on, like, instead of 9.15, like, 8. what time did the game come on here? Uh, I think 8.30 here. Yeah, so it came on at 7.30 there. And so that should have been plenty early enough to, like, stay engaged. But it was just tough. It was a really, I guess, and coming off the OU game, maybe I just wasn't as into it as I should have been. But it just, No, and it seemed like, I mean, Washington was always in control, right? It never seemed like Texas was going to win the football game. Yeah, it just, just never did, right? Yeah. It seemed like they were just kind of in cruise control. All right, the entire uh, way. So, um, I was I was wrong about UTSA, although I still think they were a pretty nice little team. We were both wrong about Texas Tech. To me, that is like that's the worst loss of the year. Correct. And real quick, for those who are listening, right? I picked or John picked Texas to go five and seven. That's right. Okay, I picked Texas to go eight and four. Which obviously was spot on. Congratulations on picking mediocrity. Well done, Texas. Hey, listen, fan. I go by what I see. No, well, I go by what I see. You called right? it like you saw it, and you were right. Yeah, I called it exactly like I saw it. Right. I picked the Alabama loss correctly. I picked the Oklahoma State loss correctly. I even picked the TCU loss correctly, which nobody else did. And you had no I- and you had no idea. T- nobody thought TCU was this good. Nobody. No, no, not at all. Not at all. And then I picked them losing to Baylor, which was wrong. Like you said. The Texas Tech loss, I still can't make sense of that. Yeah, like, even though Texas Tech proved to be a pretty decent team, uh, I still can't make sense of if how you beat, they lost that game. If you beat Texas Tech, are you all in the Big 12 championship game? Correct. I yes. mean, God bless. Look, we lost to Texas Tech, too, and we lost to them in overtime. Uh, and we're not any good, and we weren't any good by the time we played them. Y'all should have beat Texas Tech. I guess you had, your backup, you had your backup. Oh, it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. That's not the excuse. You had a two-score lead in the fourth quarter. Like, you, you got to yeah, beat yeah. Texas Tech. No, there's no excuse. Yeah, there is zero excuse. Hudson Card, it's not like, you know, he's Davis Bevel or someone like that, right? <laughs> right, like, yeah. No, like Hudson yeah. Card, they played well. They almost beat Alabama with Hudson Card. They beat UTSA, a good UTSA team with Hudson Card. And yeah, looking – He wasn't the reason they lost that game. You know, here's the deal. I, the crazy part I, – so, so I made the shoulda, the shoulda wins – for Oklahoma got us to nine and three. Like there, there were three games that we should have won. And I, and I believe that it doesn't matter, but I believe that we should have won those games for you guys. Let's face it, dude, you should have won the Alabama game. Yes, absolutely. Okay. You should have won the Alabama game. You should have won the Texas tech game. And when you take a step back and look at it in retrospect, you should have won the Oklahoma state game. Absolutely. Now, when that loss when that loss took place, Oklahoma State was better than we thought they were. They were ranked. It was at Oklahoma State, but y'all played again. That was a really crappy game called by Sark in the second half. Um, y'all should have won that game. And so, dude, I mean, the, you were you were <laughs> you were staring down the barrel at ten and one. Absolutely, eleven and one. Eleven Crazy, and one. Right? I, I mean, if I, I, and I, I don't think I'm being, I mean, obviously I hate Texas, but that's what I saw on the field. Now you can play the, can we play the game the other way? Are there any that yeah. you almost, I don't think there are. Oh, the Iowa, the, the Iowa State game. Yeah. You could have lost that. That was a, that controversial. That call could have gone either way, right? Yeah. With the fumble at the end. Yep. The, you're the right. Targeting. But yeah, it was the, those two games. And, you know, honestly, the TCU game, 
the no. the way they play. No one has played defense against TCU this entire yeah, season. But, but but I never thought y'all were going to win that game. Um, Sarkeesian refused to run Bijan. That that will still remain a mystery to me. I mean, this whole season could be predicate. the The theme for this season is why didn't number five run the ball more? Like correct. Um, correct. Even against Alabama, seventeen points against TCU though. Oh, listen, dude, I, your defense has gotten tremendous improvement, tremendous improvement on your defense. Um, I, I hope that Oklahoma sees the same level of improvement next year because your defense kept you in situations to win the game. Um, same against like, Alabama, like Alabama, like TCU, um, like Washington. Y'all, you could have won those games just based on the way your defense played. But at the same, you weren't going to beat. You're not going to beat TCU if you don't run the ball. You you didn't beat right. Oklahoma no. State. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but yeah, yes, no, you did. You picked them to go eight and four. Congratulations. Um, eight and five sucks. So does Oklahoma has its first. We didn't even say this out loud. Oklahoma with its first losing season since John Blake. I mean, that is that's frustrating. That is yeah, just very unexpected. Even for me as a Texas fan who doesn't like the, uh, the Oklahoma Sooners. Never would have predicted you guys. I mean, I, I went. I predicted you guys to go ten and two. I don't know if we mentioned that. Ten and two, only losses to Texas and to um, and to Baylor. I don't know. Which it's going to be wrong about Baylor, by the way. We have Baylor. I think most of us have Baylor picked to either win or be in the Big Twelve championship game at the yeah, very they, least. They were disappointed. They Baylor. were disappointed this year. Uh, can't mm-hmm. just looking at the Big Twelve real quick. Texas Tech was surprisingly better. I think they got a good coach. West Virginia yeah, wasn't too. Oklahoma lost to West Virginia, but West Virginia is not any good. They were terrible. Iowa State was disappointing, but they lost so much production. I guess it's really hard, you know, when you lose three guys that are playing in the NFL now. Correct. Uh, yeah. Oklahoma State, Spencer, losing Spencer Sanders is going to really hurt them next year. And I don't know, man. Gundy's just kind of gone off the deep end. Did you see his comments in the post game? Yeah, threatening to take away a reporter's media access. Like, oh, man. Come on, dude. You've been a coach now for 20 years, like a head coach yeah, for 20 exactly. years. It is so easy to go, we'll evaluate everything like we do every year. Like that's yeah, that's your every other we, coach says. What are we talking about, man? Yeah. Like, I why'd you even ask it? Because it's a post-game press conference, it's the end of the yeah. year, and this is what people I mean, like maybe he doesn't like the guy, but Gundy, stop being a little B. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. just stop. Yeah, we, sure. we we evaluate everything. I and as the head coach, I evaluate what I did. I evaluate what my coordinators do. They evaluate what their staff does. And we will make any changes that will help us win more football games next year. Like, I don't even understand how that's a hard thing to answer. So, he's a weirdo. Yeah. K-State, man, look, they gave Alabama a good run for about 29 minutes yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, uh, yeah. and then Alabama said, oh, hey, we have Bryce Young. And uh, um, we're Alabama, by the way. And we're and uh, we're Alabama. And we have Ander- Will Anderson on our defensive line. and. But um, so I don't know. TCU is uh, he's not coming back, is he? Duggan Duggan can't come back, is he? He's no, he he's, he actually can come back, but he he's already said that he's going to the um, he's going to go to the draft. Okay, let's say we'll say that Kansas had some really good improvement. Baylor was down. I I don't know. I I really think that. It sucks that OU was down because I think the conference was actually better. It just doesn't feel that way when Texas and Oklahoma are down. Like Texas and Oklahoma have to be good for this conference to get the respect they need. Although TCU is giving them pretty uh, plenty of respect. And we're going to talk about that on our next episode. You know, and and the most disappointing thing for me for Texas is the fact that OU was down this year and you didn't take advantage of that. Right. Because, you know, the Herman versus Sark, debate that goes on with Texas fans, right? Herman never got to play a down OU. Right. right. Yeah. Like when Herman's years when he was there, I mean, OU was at its best. Right. The best oh that's to, in my opinion, it's the best OU the the version of OU that we've seen since the early Stoops years in the sure. mid, up to the mid two thousands. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Three college football playoff appearances. That's what Sark that's what uh, Herman had to go up against. So some of the some of the best offenses in college football history. Correct. And you have a down OU and you didn't take advantage of it. You had a chance to really to not even get into the conference title game. It makes Ke- the season a disappointment. Improvement, but a disappointment overall. Kevin, Especially I'm gonna given the fact we had the players 
that we like that, have this year. That's that's what I wanted to add to it, right? Let me let me uh, yeah, let me expound yeah. on that. You have a down OU and you've got a generational running back. Correct. You've got a generational running back, and it sucks for a guy like him because he didn't even get a nod at the Heisman, which is just crazy. Yeah. It's just crazy. Mm-hmm. So um I don't know. Texas Here's is the Big 12 standings here up on the screen for those who are on YouTube. So yeah, I mean, t- look, TCU is good. K State, I'm impressed with how gritty they are. But uh, you know, Oklahoma's they they got to get their. Like I said earlier, Venables is running out of excuses because with the recruiting class he's got, the transfers he's got coming in, the returning quarterback, the the excuses are are getting more and more limited. You know, and it sucks that it's only going to be in year two, but it is going to be in year two. That's just how, that's how it works, man. That's, that's I mean, where we're at. We had Charlie Strong for three years, Herman for four years. If you don't get the job done, you know, when you have resources like OU has, like Texas has, the last thing you have on your side is patience or time. Um, and the only other thing you don't have on your side is Big 12 refs. And with that... Yeah, notice when you don't have Big 12 refs calling the game, the game's seen a lot more evenly called. Did you notice that in your bowl game? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think we had big – There were some calls that that Texas had that should have gone against them. Yeah. I'm like, this is weird. I think we had Big 10 – I think we had Big 10 refs maybe or maybe Pac-12. I don't know. You guys had an SEC ref. Oh, did we? Well, I don't even know that I noticed the refs making any weird calls. You know what I mean? Like, I just – it was just a football game. Although – Whatever. I, we could go on. Hey, listen, uh, we're going to shut this one down, folks, because Kevin and I are going to do a back-to-back episode. We're going to be bringing you in episode 44, our uh, college football playoff breakdown. So we're going to be right back with another one. So make sure you listen to that one. Like and subscribe. You can catch us anywhere you catch your podcast. Kevin, I'm going to see you back here in about two minutes. Boomer. Let's do it. Hook him.